Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. Just in case you missed it, Stacey Abrams a short time ago. I acknowledge that former Secretary of State Brian Kemp will be certified as the victor in the 2018 gubernatorial election. But to watch an elected official who claims to represent the people in this state baldly pin his hopes for election on the suppression of the people's democratic right to vote has been truly appalling. Yeah, right. I will work in these coming weeks to elect John Barrow as our next I Secretary of State so. because he is a man of principle and goodwill who will administer his responsibilities for the people and not his party. Oh, whatever. Whatever. Does anybody really believe that? Um, here's the thing. Here's what you need to understand about Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams in 2014 uh, created a voter registration group that was highly derided and wound up in litigation with the Secretary of State's office. And if you will recall in the pending voter story that her campaign pushed out with the Associated Press about a month ago, there were about eleven to 14,000 voters in 2018 that Abrams Group registered in 2014, and they got the information wrong. And those voters never actually showed up to fix the information. We don't even know if those people really exist. Um, but she convinced a bunch of major Democratic donors nationwide to fund her, and then she convinced them to help her campaign, and then she convinced them to pressure Stacey Evans not to run against her, and then she let her campaign organize a protest against Stacey Evans for being white to try to pressure her to get out. As she still won the primary, she lost the election because she actually didn't do the job that she thought she could do on voter registration and turnout. And now she's got to have someone to blame because she can't acknowledge that her efforts failed because she got that much money from Soros-funded groups. And I, I don't mean that flippantly, folks. I, I rarely use George Soros but it actually was groups funded by George Soros helped fund this effort from Stacey Abrams back in 2014. I mean, I remember very prominent uh, Democrats in Georgia reaching out to me more than a year ago asking if I would start writing about her to try to head off her gubernatorial campaign because they did not think uh, that she could do what she needed to do and that she would take advantage of a lot of Democratic money and would fall short. And they all knew it. And they've been laughing over the last two weeks at some of the hysterics and antics of her campaign. In fact, a Democratic, um, a senior Democratic strategist, I think I could be safe to call him, in Georgia texted me after her speech and said there's just another grifting operation she can move to. The Democrats in Georgia uh, were not fans of Stacey Abrams, and you do need to understand that to understand the dynamic of why she's not filing a lawsuit to try to overturn the election. None of them wanted to stand behind her. They were already behind the scenes urging her to concede. Her anger today doesn't have as much to do with feeling like Brian Kemp stole the election as it does anger that the Democrats didn't have her back when this was done. Uh, she wore them out. They wore her out, as she, and she as upset with them as anyone else, you can tell she's now trying to pivot to run against David Perdue in 2020. She says she's going to file a lawsuit, but here's the thing. Georgia law and federal law are very clear that no election is run flawlessly. And the things that Stacey Abrams raised in her press conference were local issues. They, they were not issues from Brian Kemp of the Secretary of State's office. They were local elections issues. For example, the power cords not showing up at the precinct in Gwinnett County, that was local Democratic officials who did that. 
the long lines. Well, the Democrats filed a lawsuit and ordered, got a judge to order 1,500 voting machines taken out of commission in Cobb, Fulton, Gwinnett, and, and DeKalb County. So it was the Democrats who actually caused there to be a shortage of voting machine equipment in those counties. Did the national press talk about that? No. The AJC did, but the national media never did. They just said, oh, look at these long lines and lack of voting equipment. They're suppressing the vote. No, it was the Democratic lawsuit that caused that. Time and time again, all of the complaints raised by the Abrams campaign uh, were the result of local officials, not Brian Kemp, but she can't blame them because they're Democrats. So she's got to blame Brian Kemp for these things that his office had nothing to do with claiming he stole the vote. She's got to have someone to blame because she can't admit to her Democratic donors that she herself screwed up or her campaign failed. Uh, they, they would not take kindly to their money being wasted, particularly when she wants to run again. Let's go to the phones. Larry from Tucker, you're going to be up first tonight. Welcome. Hi, thank you, Eric. I had a, I thought a solution to kind of prevent voter fraud on absentee and provisional ballots. If they're run off as in sequential order, just like your lottery tickets, where one number per ticket, and it goes in sequential order, and then they are put in batches to go to each satellite office, that the person's name, when they do a provisional ballot, it, they're given a number, they get that ballot, their number matches on the cover sheet, and, it, and, it, and you have a way to track it. But you won't find a closet full of blank ballots filled out because if it doesn't get, if the badge doesn't match the satellite office it was sent to, then it's an invalid ballot. Uh, you know, there there actually is coding with the ballots uh, to try to avoid um, to try to avoid voter fraud in that way. In fact, every ballot is is that sent out is tracked as to who it went to and where it was returned. And they do it on a daily basis as they come in the mail. Uh, every county, as they receive an absentee ballot, has to log it. Uh, and for example, if someone requests an absentee ballot and has not returned an absentee ballot, when they go vote on election day. They can't vote on election day because they've been had an absentee ballot logged to them. They have to then cast a provisional ballot, which is one of the issues we ran into in this election. And then they have to check to see, did we get this absentee ballot back before we count the provisional ballot? If they got the absentee ballot back, the provisional ballot is rejected. If they didn't get the absentee ballot back, then they'll count the provisional ballot. Uh, they actually do have a pretty good system in place in Georgia already on this. Uh, here's the issue with Abrams that people are missing. She's gonna, she says she's going to file a lawsuit to try to get the laws in Georgia changed. The laws in Georgia are fairly uniform laws uh, across the from across the nation, and it's going to be really hard for her to argue that there was a voter suppression issue when we had a turnout almost record, uh, almost matching the presidential turnout, and minority voter in registration has increased in Georgia at a rate in excess of white voter registration. Those are really grounds on which you can say there is voter suppression. And if she wants to say that Brian Kemp cleaned up the rolls and threw people off the rolls, here's the thing. Uh, the Kemp, uh, as Secretary of State, did clean up the rolls in 2017 and did remove people from the voter registration rolls. But they were people who had not voted in seven years that were contacted twice to see if they would verify that they still lived in their address. They hadn't voted in at least three years before they were contacted. And then they were four more years waited before removing them from from the rolls. That's perfectly legal. The Supreme Court ruled that was a legal process last year. So the issues that she's complaining about and wants to be overdone or, or uh, overturned are things the Supreme Court has already said are constitutional. She really doesn't have a claim here. She's got a grifting campaign to do the poor Stacey Abrams. She had it stolen from her. Let's write her some money. 
uh, writer a check routine. And it's all about getting John Barrow elected at this point, which is why you got to vote for Brad Raffensperger. It is 55 after the hour. Now, when we come back, we got people who want to talk about this Abrams mess. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I am very happy, by the way, to have Brad Raffensperger on the show. I've been critical of his campaign, primarily because I'm questioning whether or not they're running a campaign. Uh, They need to step it up because it is clear the Democrats are fighting, going to make it an all-out fight for the Secretary of State's office. We've got to get Brad Raffensperger elected. If anybody knows him, tell him I'm happy to have him on the show. Um, Probably not next week because everybody will be on vacation. But the week after, we'll we'll make a show of it uh, with Raffensperger. This is clearly a fight for the Secretary of State's office, and the Democrats are going to try to ride grievance all the way into that office, and God knows what they'll do with it when they get there. And you know that office does so much more than elections. It handles businesses. We don't need Democrats handling the free market in Georgia. A little bit of big news here. The sources are telling multiple media outlets, including CNN, that uh, President Trump intends to remove Kristen Nielsen as Secretary of Homeland Security and also intends to remove Wilbur Ross as Commerce Secretary. However, uh, that's not happening today. (laughs) Follow his Twitter feed. He may fire him over the weekend. Uh, Departures are expected to be imminent, according to sources at multiple outlets. I've been hearing this as well. Uh, from people inside the White House that these were coming. Um, And uh, the Nielsen one also in relation to pushing out John Kelly, the chief of staff. I want to pause for a minute and and tell you, I was an election lawyer in Georgia. I actually defended elections for the secretary of state. I even challenged a few elections in the secretary against uh, the secretary of state. Uh, My very first case as a lawyer was actually a defense of an election on behalf of the secretary of state's office and uh, Taylor County, Georgia, uh, where the clerk of court lost uh, by 17 votes and challenged the election. It is very hard to overturn an election in Georgia. And that is why Stacey Abrams is not filing a lawsuit to overturn the election. I want to tell you what it involves. Um, in Georgia, you got to remember a few things. First, um, you've got it to prove misconduct, fraud, or, or irregularities enough that a reasonable person would throw out the election. You cannot prove uh, long lines, that long lines happen every election. You cannot claim technical difficulties, uh, such as machine failures, because that happens every election. And you cannot prove general misconduct. The reason is because you know who conducts elections? By and large, a group of people we call sinners. Um, But more importantly, volunteers. Elections in Georgia are by and large conducted with volunteers or people who are paid a, a minimal amount of money to help on election day. Uh, and we have to show them grace. Uh, they may do it every every two years, but it's every two years that they do it um, on just a couple of days. So no election is presumed to be conducted flawlessly in Georgia. There are flaws in every election. 
There's another thing you got to keep in mind, and that is that you are not allowed to ask a voter who they voted for or if they did not vote, who they would have voted for. You're not allowed to in an election contest. You're, you're prohibited expressly by law, uh, largely for the same reason you are not allowed to take a picture inside a, a polling location. The reason you're not allowed to take a picture inside a polling location is in Jim Crow days. Uh, blacks who were urged to go vote would sometimes be forced to provide proof that they voted. Voted, and the photograph is an extension of that. You you cannot uh, take a picture of your ballot and put it on social media so that you cannot, nor can anyone else, be pressured into uh, voting. You can't do that. So what you have to do is you have to find specific complaints of irregularity or misconduct. Now, Stacey Abrams can't just go out and show 17,597 counts of, of misconduct or irregularity and say, see, see, I should have been able to get into a runoff. <clears throat> you can't do that in an election contest. In an election contest, you got to show you could have won, but for the irregularity. Brian Kemp's margin of victory was 54,801 votes when it was all said and done. But you can't do that either because remember, you can't ask a voter how they voted. So you've got to, and then there are people who don't vote in the election. Believe it or not, there are 10,577 people who voted in Georgia's elections but refused to vote for governor. So what you have to do is you got to add those people to the voting pool. So Brian Kemp won by 54,801 votes, 10,577 Votes were not even cast in the governor's race, even though those people voted. So Stacey Abrams would have to find 65,378 voters who did not vote, could not vote, would not vote because of misconduct, fraud, or irregularity. And the misconduct, fraud, and irregularity has to be about the election, not about things that happened before the election. See, if Stacey Abrams really was convinced that the state uh, secretary of state, Brian Kemp, threw people off the rolls inappropriately or blocked them from voting, she would have had to file suit before the election. And she didn't, which means she really knew she didn't have a claim there. She just wanted to make the case. If she files suit on election day, she's got to sue about what happened on that election. She's got to find 65,378 people who had substantive claims. And substantive claims are not the line was so long I walked out of it. That's not, a, a, that's not misconduct or highly irregular. That happens every election. And she can't do that. And that, that's, that's the key point here you need to understand. She can't meet the burden she claims she can meet. If she could, she would have filed a lawsuit. So then Stacey Abrams, she's got to file suit in Clark County, Georgia. She can't file suit in Fulton County. And the reason she's got to file suit in Clark County is because she's trying to overturn an election Brian Kemp won, and he's a resident of Clark County. So you got to file the contest in Superior Court in um, Clark County. But there aren't enough votes in Clark County to have overturned the election. So she then has to file suits around the state everywhere she thinks she can find 60, what's the number again? I told you 65,378 votes. If she wants a jury trial, she has to, she's got to impanel a jury in every single one of the counties where she thinks the votes happen. Now, why, why do that? Because contrary to what Stacey Abrams has been telling you and the media for a year, 
elections are not conducted by the Georgia Secretary of State. The Secretary of State's role in elections before the election comes in one capacity. He cleans up the voter rolls in off-year elections, and then he creates a uniform ballot for everyone to vote on in statewide elections. Elections thereafter are conducted solely by counties. The counties handle the registration and unregistering of voters during election years. They handle sending out absentee ballots and provisional ballots and sitting at polling locations and conducting elections and finding volunteers and poll watchers and poll workers and everything else. So all of the complaints Stacey Abrams is really making about Brian Kemp are about local officials and in many cases about DeKalb County and Fulton County and Cobb County and Gwinnett County. And what are those? Democrats. And she doesn't want to sue her local Democrats. See, if Stacey Abrams were to sue, she wouldn't just be suing the Secretary of State's office. She would be suing all the counties in which she thinks there's a problem. And she doesn't want to admit she's suing local poll workers and local elections officials because she doesn't have enough evidence that the election was that irregular. So she wants to be able to make the claim, but she's not actually managing a lawsuit. This is a put up or shut up moment for Stacey Abrams and she can't put up. So she should shut up, but she's not going to. She's going to start a new group and she's going to campaign off these grievances and all of these errors she says took place along the way. But what did she not do? She didn't file a lawsuit because she knows she can't make the claims. She's just trying to raise money now. That's something. Now, let's go back to the phones. Charles and Grayson, you're next. Welcome. Hey, how you doing, Eric? Man. Good. I tell you, you're just a guru of information. Um, I just want to thank you for the help you did and the information you gave forth in this gubernatorial race. It was very helpful, not only for myself, but uh, for my mom. She was a, um, a Democratic voter, but from the information I gave her on Stacey, and she looked closer and closer, and she just could not find herself to vote for Stacey Abrams. And uh, I, and it was because of the information I obtained from you and this show. You are just Awesome when it comes to information. Thank Man, you. Charles, that just that that makes my day. Thank you so much for that. I I, I really really appreciate it. Um, thank you all. All so many of you have given me kind words. Y'all, it's so funny. I was an elections lawyer and I was I practiced law for six years and suddenly with this election, like, hey, this is what I did for a living before I became a talk show host. I can talk about this stuff. I used to teach classes. I used to teach continuing legal education classes on how to run campaigns and be a lawyer for campaigns. And suddenly it's all useful again. Yay. I feel relevant. Hi there. 56 after the hour, it's Eric Erickson. I want to tell you about my toothbrush again because it's awesome and they're paying me to do it, but really because it's awesome. I've been wanting them to pay me to tell you about it. I was willing to do it for free because I love my Quip Electric toothbrush. Uh, I like it because in all seriousness, uh, if you've ever traveled with an electric toothbrush, one of the biggest pain in the butts is traveling with the charger. And if you don't forget the charger and you're on a long trip, oh my goodness, is this thing going to have power? And then the brush heads on most of these electric toothbrushes are just so big you can't even fit it in the back of your mouth. So so the Quip Electric Toothbrush was designed by designers and dentists together working hand in hand. And you can tell uh, it is no bigger than a normal toothbrush. And every three months you can do a subscription plan with them. And for just $5, they'll send you a new brush head. Um, and it, you need that for good hygiene, number one. And number two, just 
because your dentist wants you to have the best brush head you can to keep your teeth clean. It is a great product, and it's only $25 if you go to getquip.com slash Erickson right now, and you'll get your first um, brush refill pack free with the Quip Electric Toothbrush. That is your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Erickson. Also makes a really good stocking stuffer, something you got to start thinking about. Let's see. Uh, who can I get to here? Joe in Locust Grove, you're next. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Eric. Uh, listen, real quick, Eric, as I uh, promised you a screener, I could be real quick about this. Do you think that there are more blacks voting Republican than the liberal mainstream media and the Democratic establishment uh, would lead you to believe? Not necessarily in that we have the adjusted exit polling, which is really, really good. And the adjusted exits uh, show that uh, Democrats tend to still get between 85 and 90% of the black vote. But what we also see from the adjusted exits is that particularly black men are more and more voting Republican. It used to be 95% towards the Democrats. Now it's 85 to 90%. There's definitely a trend in, excuse me, in the Republican direction. Um, which is a good thing. Uh, When you look at the year-over-year increase in the black vote in this country for Republicans, it is definitely trending towards the GOP, the Hispanic vote as well. Uh, But they're still in the the vast minority of uh, black and Hispanic voters vote Republican. It's just growing. Uh, uh, Jim, real quick, we got less than 30 seconds. All right. What I can't wrap my head around is when uh, you hear reports that the votes, the ballots are deemed to be illegal, yet you have a lawyer sitting there saying, I object. Yes, uh, Jim, I got to let you go there. Um, there's a requirement for who can vote by provisional ballot. They got to reject those.